Welcome to the School of Travel's podcast. I'm your host, Becky Gillespie, and each week I bring you stories of how travel can truly change your life if you take the chance to get out on the road and step out of your comfort zone. My guests also share travel tips and lessons they've learned along the way, which I hope inspires you to let travel be your teacher. Hey listeners, I am so excited to bring you this first interview episode with Uwe Alger, co-founder of Coworking Bonsko in the town of Bonsko, Bulgaria. Uwe graciously agreed to be the very first interview after I had some audio problems with two other people when I was first starting this podcast. And it turns out that Uwe is like a superstar traveler and the stories that he has to share are way advanced compared to some people that might be just thinking about that first trip. So I just want you to keep that in mind as you listen to Uwe's story, and I know you're going to be entertained. Also, just want to make a quick note that about 30 minutes through our interview, you're going to hear some light guitar music playing, and that was just background noise that happened in, a, in the same room where we were recording at the time, so just if you're curious. So without further ado, here's Uwe. Welcome to episode one of the School of Travels podcast, and I am so excited today to be here with Uwe. Welcome to the podcast, Uwe. Thank you, Becky, for having me. Thank you for coming. I'm so excited for you to be my first interview. I'm very excited too, yeah. Thank you very much for inviting me. Thank you. Thank you. So, as I said uh, in the introduction to the School of Travels, um, on this podcast, we kind of want to show people how much there is to learn from traveling in general. And I know a lot of people out there that are scared or they think it's too expensive or it's just intimidating to go out into the big world and I'll just stay in my town or not travel very far. Mm -hmm. So I hope that by hearing your story and hearing all the other stories of people on this podcast that people will feel more confident and realize just how much there is to learn. So I'd like to start with you telling us a little bit about yourself in general. Okay, um, I'm Uwe. I grew up in uh, in the western of Austria, in western, in the most western part of Austria, actually, very close to Switzerland, very close to Germany, Liechtenstein. Um, it's a mountainous alpine area, and it was a small village, actually, a small town by the name of Feldkirch. And it's very beautiful. I can show you around within 10 minutes, probably. It's so small, <laughs> but it's, it's beautiful and it's a medieval town. So I really like it, but also I like to travel. And I always had the feeling uh, something drew me uh, in, in a far distance. You know, I, I don't know where um, it actually drew me to, but um, I always had the feeling I need to go and discover the world. Really? So even from a very young age, you had this feeling? Because that's what I'm really interested in is where does that come from or what inspires you to finally want to get out there and travel? I think, you know, if you ask me uh, like that, I, I cannot uh, remember that I could formulate this, you know, like it was not like something I could speak out loud, but it was something always within me. It was like a feeling, you know, like I was always tempted to go... Um, to explore uh, the distance, to, to explore new things, new countries, new cultures and stuff. So when I actually started my career as a professional electrician, uh, a friend of mine, whom I got to know uh, during, this, uh, uh, during this job, um, he said he will travel to Kenya, to, to Africa. And I'm like, wow, that sounds so exciting. And I'm like, 
I want to I want to go to Africa as well. So I was really excited. And he said, you know, like actually um, we go like with the extended family and friends. So if you want, you know, you can join us. And so I thought, oh, that's a great idea. And, and I joined them. I was like 16 years old, I assume, you know, maybe 17. Yeah, 16 or 17 years old. And then I joined them to to head to Kenya for, I think, three to four weeks or so. And it was an amazing journey. I learned so many things there. Wait a second, wait a second. Had, had you ever left the country before when you went to Kenya? Um, no, I mean, you know, like uh, growing up very close to Switzerland and Germany is like we crossed borders like very much so because um, for us it's very normal very usual to cross borders like going to Switzerland to Liechtenstein and Germany is like in this central Europe is like it's very normal for us so of course I have been to other countries but not in the sense of uh, that far distance and without my parents and 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 so there was lots of new things for me you know with this traveling yeah, that had to be an amazing experience. Do you have any certain memory from that trip that really stands out? Yeah, one of the things which actually is the seed for for the, I call it the Africa virus. So I'm infected by the Africa virus <laughs> really? because I like it so much. You know, like it's either you love Africa or you hate it. Probably there's nothing in between, you know. And uh, there's one story. Actually, this family with whom I went with, they had like their personal development aid work going on. So they helped like people by buying bricks and mortar to build houses and stuff. And so they have been very well known. And so we have been invited for like parties they threw, for instance. And so this was really amazing. So we had probably a better uh, start with the locals because this family was known by them. And so we were invited to a, a big party and I, I can't remember how many people there was, but it was like a, a tennis court full of people, you know, like we, they had these tables and, and, and benches to sit on. And I remember vividly when we, when we entered to this party where we have been invited by, by people, um, it, it went silent. The party went silent. And so we stood in front of the tennis court and, uh, and this party suddenly burst you know in a way um, so then I realized that we are the only white people within this entire group you know and I'm like oh goodness you know so I felt really kind of at the wrong in the wrong place you know but completely it, it felt like like completely alien you know and but then um, this um, the friends of this family they they saw us and then he jumped up and he came to us and he greeted us and at the moment we were greeted by this person uh, the party went on and so he took us within and and you know like um, uh, introduced us to people and so on and so forth and then it turned out to be the best party in, in my life. It was one of the best parties ever, you know. My glass never went empty. Uh, the people were constantly asking and chatting. And so it was like they fully opened their hearts. So we have been uh, completely part of it, you know, like after 10 minutes or so. So from, the, from feeling completely at the wrong space to uh, be completely part of this, you know, and so heartily welcomed, you know. So... 
I went through this stage within a couple of minutes, and this was something amazing, you know. Yeah, that is. I'm, I I would not be able to forget that either. I I would say, were you when you were there? Were you speaking English with each other? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So communication wasn't so much a problem. Yeah, my English was even worse than now, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! So I, that had to be make such an impression on you, and that's when you became infected with the Africa virus. So to say, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So to say, because you know, like it feels like um, I have later on in my life. Uh, worked as development aid worker in Zimbabwe then and so uh, I never got uh, I never lost sight you know with Africa especially with the southern region and so for me it's always this openness this this amazing heartly openness and friendliness you know the people uh, invite you to their life so to say it's like this is something amazing. I've never had this experience, for instance, where I grew up, you know, like in Austria, people are very distant and the culture is very different. And in Africa, where the people, they have like, maybe they might be distant in the, in the beginning when you get to know each other, but you know, as soon it's like, it takes them a couple of minutes and they open up completely, which is completely unusual for me. And seeing that and experiencing that was for me, yeah, how can I say it was a, it was a learning, it was a takeaway, it was something amazing. Yeah. Do you feel that is that happens with you when you travel in general? Or do you think that was something particular to Kenya or Africa when you go? It's, um, no, I think for me, I cannot generalize any country or, or any travel. Mm-hmm. So for me, it depends a lot where you travel like if if you travel to switzerland for instance it's very different people are very closed and they they are questioning when you approach them with a question or something like this they're they're looking at you like like very strangely for instance and there's other countries like more the southern countries i would say like italy or so where people are very emotional and stuff so it depends really where you go like people can be very emotional they can be very open they can be yeah, I don't know. You can have all sorts of things happening. I find when I travel that I become more confident because, yeah, I'm not in my comfort zone. I'm not, you know, so I have to be more confident. And when I put myself out there more, I do find it easier to make friends quickly while traveling because, like, I'm depending on these <clears throat> I'm depending on these people. So yeah, Absolutely. I think, you know, like, it depends a lot whether you travel alone or whether you, you travel in a group or, or with a partner and, and stuff. So it, it depends on, on, on the variables you are uh, traveling on. And I think, you know, like when I travel alone, I try to be more open. Sometimes also I, I like the, I like to be alone, you know, like, uh, I like to be not known, you know, like sometimes I enjoy myself, you know, and have a rest, you know, since I run the co-working space, I, I meet so many people and therefore I try to withdraw myself sometimes and I really enjoy this time from time to time. Um, and on the other hand, when I travel alone, I try to get to know people and I try to get to know the country. And for me, which makes a huge difference is the time of traveling, how much time you spend on travel. So for instance, if you travel only for three weeks, like I used to when I worked in a corporate business, then within three weeks or two weeks, you cannot get to know something really, you know, like in depth. Mm-hmm. So, but now, you know, since I'm able to travel for uh, longer periods and also work and travel, um, it's easier to 
really dig in to get to know people, to get to know the country and the culture. And um, yeah, so also it's more cheaper, you know, to travel for a long time because you can yeah, organize yourself in a different way. Yeah, I would say like the same happened to me. I traveled for short periods of time at first and then it just got longer and longer because the same thing you realize Absolutely. you have a much richer experience. Absolutely. Um, okay, so you mentioned traveling alone. What mm -hmm. was the first time or when was the first time that you traveled alone? Oh, that's what a very that good like? question. <laughs> uh, it's hard to answer. I mean, you know, like I traveled for business as well. So for business, you travel usually alone. So or mm -hmm. I mean, I used to at least. And so, but let's say um, maybe 20 years ago. Okay. Was it, do you know, remember if it was for business or was it like some place you'd always wanted to go and you're like, no one else is coming, so I'm going to go. It was no one else is coming and I traveled to Cuba, I think. Whoa, yeah. Cuba? Mm -hmm. So what was that like? I mean, even now I think that's a difficult, I've heard it's a difficult country to get around in. The infrastructure just isn't there. Yeah, to be honest, Cuba was not such a nice experience for me. I mean, you know, like on the on the postcards and on the photos, you know, like you can always shoot good photos and, and think, you know, um, ah, it looks nice and stuff. But the experience was not that good, to be honest, because I felt the pressure. Fidel Castro at that time was still alive and he was still influencing a lot. So um, that meant also like... For instance, they had two different currencies. One was only for tourists. One currency was solely meant for tourists only. And another currency is the local currency, which they would use, you know. And there was a huge price difference. For instance, when you bought something with the tourist currency, you paid 20 times the price, which the locals would pay in their own currency. And this, I found this so upsetting. And, and it was like, I really had... The feeling they rob me constantly you know mm -hmm. uh, by using this uh, currency for instance and the people have been like i like to um, i like to compare it to africa where the people are really open and when they laugh they, it comes from their heart mm -hmm. uh, whereas in cuba I had the feeling you know like um, there were people standing with a guitar or, or a bass you know at the corner and they would start to um, play the typical rhythms you know mm -hmm. and but at the same time you know they would uh, hold their hands open you know like and would ask for money you know like so they didn't play it because they love to play it but uh, to, to generate money I mean probably that's that's fine but I felt you know like um, nothing is for free in Cuba and whenever you want to pay it's like you pay 20 times the price and and it didn't came from the heart I had the feeling you know like People are living more in their heads than... Had you, how old were you when you went to Cuba? I'm not trying to find out your age here right now. But... Sure, I see, I see. I think I was... T I mean, it's not 20 years ago, I must admit. So that, that was a little bit far-fetched. Um, but I was around 30. Okay. Mm -hmm. And why did you go to Cuba? Why did you choose to go there? Uh, I always wanted to see it, you know, like, and I wanted to see it in the original stage, so to say, you know, like when it was like with Fidel Castro still in place and blah, blah, blah. So this was something I really wanted to yeah, experience before things change completely, you know, like I, I wanted to be the one who was still, who is still able to tell, you know, how was it before, you know. When you, before you went, did you hear about like, oh, there's these two different currencies and people act 
they don't act so sincere when they're on the street corner. Had you heard about any of that before you got to Cuba? Well, actually, you know, uh, you got me there. Because usually I, I find out everything beforehand and I inform myself very well. But for that travel, I didn't. I, you know, I just wanted to, to find out about Cuba. So I haven't got my head around it. So I didn't dig in deep enough to find out beforehand. Only just a week before or so I thought, ah, oh, it's I should buy a travel guide. Uh, probably it's a good idea. And so I did. And that was when I found out they have two currencies. And it uh, felt really, ah, oh, you know. Yeah, I'm just like, because I'm always trying to think of things I learned from travel. And um, I, the expectations are such an important thing, right? If I Absolutely. knew all of that before, okay, I'm going to have different money going in different places uh, for the currencies, and um, especially from America. But I'm a different case with Cuba, I mm -hmm. think. But um, I think if I didn't know everything, then it would be a bigger shock. Mm -hmm. So in, in general, in life, I think, you mm -hmm. know, have have rather no expectations or mm -hmm. have those expectations, mm -hmm. um, you know, be ready to be flexible. So, yeah. But. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, nowadays, you know, since I know many more people, it's it's very easy. I would ask a friend, you know, how do you find it there? What do you think is good and bad and, and, and stuff like this? So so to prepare myself now, it's it's very different than it was like years ago, you know, before I, I knew so many people, you know. Okay, but now, okay, to go back to the traveling alone part, mm -hmm. so um, generally, do you enjoy traveling by yourself or do you prefer it? Yes, I do enjoy traveling by myself because it's easier. I don't need to um, take care about somebody or, you know, how can I say, to find a good travel buddy is actually very, very difficult. So you are, you're hanging out mostly 24 hours, you know, and it can be uh there can be some pressure, you know, so you have to find out what is the other one, what does the other one want and, you know, what is the needs uh, everybody has and, and, and the expectations. And so it's very easy to, yeah, to don't get along, you know, like to have troubles during travel. So when you travel alone, you know, you just need to take care about yourself. So there is no compromises. You can do whatever you want, you know. And this is something I enjoy. But also I like to travel with groups. Like I like to travel with big groups, like uh, more than five people. And I think that is lots of fun. So uh, if you've traveled with a lot of friends, like in 1996, I went with five people to Australia. Uh, with friends of mine that was amazing that was really really cool so we rented a car and we we hitchhiked and we took a greyhound and we flew and we did all this um yeah all this traveling together that that was really cool so it's either alone or with a group big group which i prefer rather than only two people you know where you really have to take care about each other Okay. I, I know so many people are, are afraid of traveling alone. So what would you what would you say to someone who is afraid of traveling by themselves? They're like, oh, I'm just not going to go at all because I have no one to go with. I mean, you can see traveling in... You can view traveling from different angles, actually. So and I think traveling is always worthwhile because um, the experiences you make, you cannot make otherwise. At home, you know everything, how everything works. You're in your comfort zone and, and all these little things, right? So, but as soon as you travel, your, your world uh, is upside down, you know? You don't know how it works. You need to find out. You need to rely on people you don't know and stuff like this. So it's like everything 
is questioned, so, so to say, and it throws you a little bit into the wild, so to say. So you have to find out, you have to figure out how does this work, how does that work, and you have to get your, your head around it. And I think traveling is always worthwhile because you learn so many things and uh, you get to know people and you make these amazing connections and you get thrown into things you haven't even dreamt of or you couldn't even imagine you know how many times when i look back you know how many times did i say you know i couldn't have imagined this happen you know and this is something really outstanding so i Travel alone, do it. I mean, get your head around it. Is it safe enough? You know, like what country do you go and stuff like this. So of course you, you need to do some homework and uh, prepare. Um, but I also traveled through the central Kalahari on my own with a four by four. So I like to do safaris for instance, on my own, you know, this was in Botswana. So aren't you afraid of an animal attacking your vehicle? No, not at all. I mean, you know, like I, I was part of the Zimbabwe uh, wildlife organization and I got to know how to behave in certain uh, situations. Okay. So, but of course, this, this travels had lots of question marks, actually, you know, is because I had to reckon how many, how much fuel I need, you know, and will it last? And it didn't last. Actually, we miscalculated, you know, like a friend of mine joined me um, for the trip. We miscalculated for actually 40 liters, which is a lot. Uh, so we, we needed much more fuel. So the travel was really tough, you know, also to change a tire in that uh, 50 degrees Celsius in the, in the sun, you know, like in, in the desert, so to say. Um, it was very tough, but also it was very revealing and very rewarding. Uh, how many people can say they traveled through the central Kalahari? You're uh, the first person I've met. <laughs> <laughs> Glad you say that. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what happened when you ran out of fuel? What did you do? How did you get out of that situation? That's exactly the point. Because this is, you can plan so and so many things. And, and that is really great, you know. And in a Western country, most of the things will work out which you plan. But especially in Africa or in countries where things don't work out that well, you know. Um, you have your plan in place and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, by the end, something different will happen. And I like when something unplanned comes up because then you need to uh, remain calm. Then you need to, um, to improvise. Then you need to find out how does this actually work and maybe can we get help from people and, and how and, and, and stuff. And I think this makes traveling really interesting. Not the plan you have in place, but the things pop up during... The, the journey where you have to figure out a, a solution. And I just said, my friend actually, he was very concerned when we found out we haven't, we haven't got enough fuel, you know, like, and there is no fuel station in the Kalahari, as you can imagine, right? So we had to, we had to ask other people and we had to make connections. So we had to go to them and, and approach them, you know, with our problem. Like you know? local people. No, but other desert. people traveling through the tra ah, desert, you okay. know? And I'm trying to imagine, I, I imagine there's nothing, it's just desert. No, road. actually, it's like, it's like bushland. So you have like um, small trees, like these canopy trees, you have bush, there's lots of sand, and some stretches are soft sand, it's really hard to drive, so you, you really need like for 
maybe for 100 meters you need a day or so you know so you need to dig out the car you need to do stuff so so it's, it can be really tough mm-hmm. mm, but by the end it, it's very rewarding i mean we got stuck in the middle of the of the kalahari actually and we I were saw a movie about this when i was a kid <laughs> they had to they walked a thousand miles to the kalahari no 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 we didn't walk that uh, far okay but uh, a kilometer away or so was the central gate so we walked to the central gate which is you should never do you should never walk in in a in a animal park uh, especially if you saw lions the day before so it was a little bit i thought ah, okay let's try it you know we took enough water and um, and so we went through this, to the central gate and they had a tractor and they pulled us out so it was we were very lucky actually in the end you know <laughs> and we managed to fetch another i don't know 18 or 20 liters of fuel so it which you know, we could go and it kept us going, you know, and until we get some more fuel, you know, from other people. And so it was always, it was always fun. We met amazing people and we had, I think I have an amazing story to tell. Yeah? Well, I was going to say, that's the story that came out, right? Of all these things that you remember. Absolutely. So, mm-hmm. But uh, listeners, I do want to take us back a little bit because he's got us like almost being attacked by lions in the Kalahari. <laughs> I don't want you to be so scared of travel or its potential dangers. <laughs> Yet on episode one, but uh, Uwe, thank you for. for We haven't been attacked by any animals, you know, so (laughs) not even by small crawling ones, you know, not at all. No, never have. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. Well, I would say, I would, I'm curious because maybe for some of our listeners, they're going to start like slower Mm -hmm. and they might just travel within their own country first as like the Mm -hmm. first step. So, what can you remember like the best trip that you ever took within Austria? Um, there was. Well, one thing I think which annoys me a little bit is like when I travel now, I have seen, I think, something between 60 and 17 countries so far. And um, so whenever I meet people somewhere and I introduce myself, or I'm from Austria, and then they start telling me what happens in Austria. And I'm like, oh, ah, I didn't knew that actually. Oh, uh, good, good to know. And I'm always reminded when I travel, you know, like, um, I should travel more at home, you know, in my own country. Uh, so I didn't do as much travels. But I'm a skier, I'm a paraglider. So, you know, like I've seen lots of mountains and, and this is something I really enjoy, especially the paragliding. Uh, when you start flying, you're able to um, to get on, to elevate the attitude. So you can go above the mountain and you can see both sides at, at once, which wow. I think is really amazing. So I think if this counts to traveling somehow, I think that is the most amazing trips. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure it's gorgeous mm-hmm. in Austria to go above the, <laughs> above the mountains. Yeah. Wow. How many times have you, would you say you've done it in Austria? Uh, flying, I flew about 50 times. Wow. Mm-hmm. When, as you were like, when did you start? Were you still living at home? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, um, I think I was, I was 25, I guess. And so a friend of mine and I, we were starting like, okay, so mountains are great. What can we do in summer? You know, in winter, it was pretty clear. We could go skiing, you know, and use the mountains that way. But in summer, it's like, okay, you can go hiking. But, you know, like when you're young, you think, you know, hiking is probably not the best thing to do. So you think, ah, I'm more adventurous. So we should do something else, you know. Mountain biking, I never got into. And so... I don't know, we came up with the idea of going uh, paragliding and we did a course. There was a one-week course in um, Regenswald, which is like a very mountainous area in, in the most western part of Austria. It's like 40 minutes from my from my home. Mm-hmm. And um, 
it's it's an amazing stretch it's it's really cool so uh, a nice mountain really good to learn paragliding there lots of tourists there as well so sometimes it can be packed mm, but it was very safe and we started with i think you know like with a with a slope you know where we where we tried out first and and within the course of one week we learned how to fly so yeah. wow mm. What a great way to see your own country. Absolutely. It's a completely different angle and yeah. and completely this perspective, you know, like it's so fascinating. I, I really like it. I'm so glad I did it. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Mm -hmm. I Paragliding is actually on my list of things mm -hmm. I still would like to do. Mm -hmm. Done bungee jumping, done skydiving. Cool, yeah. But not that. Mm -hmm. So, all right. I'll look into, mm -hmm. I'll look in, I'll look for a course. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Do it. I can, yeah. Highly recommend. Okay. Well, thank you. Um, I actually met you and the first day that I did you shared your um you referred to yourself as Uwe the sailor absolutely so uh I'd like to ask you a bit more about sailing um when was the first time that you went sailing <laughs> I must just laugh when I when I you know within this course of this interview well, we talked about paragliding about uh, driving through the Kalahari and now we come up with sailing so I picked a really good guest for my first interview <laughs> <laughs> So I like doing different things. I like doing new things because uh, it's always challenging for me to do something new. And always I have to break down the walls of comfort zone. And this is something I really like to do. And f the first wall is probably thicker and heavier and higher. Uh, so to get out of your comfort zone the first time takes more effort. But when you have done it once, you cannot even imagine when you look back, you know, like, how long did you stay there and were afraid to get out, you know, into the wild and do something? Were you, know? you always like this, as, even as a young boy? Not really. I mean, of I'm course, I had also anxieties and, and I, I'm a normal person like everybody else, you know, I, I assume. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and so I had to tear down also the, the walls of comfort zone. Because so. how, how you got from there to... Doing all of these things is, I think, fascinating. Okay, because thank you. Because if you can unlock that mm -hmm. in, in mm -hmm. everyone, I mean, the potential of of all of us is just mm -hmm. limitless. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think, you know, like, once you start it and you keep going, and if you really like it, I mean, it's fair enough. If you don't like it, let go of it, you know? You don't need to do it, you know? But when you like it, I think, you know, like, I'm always interested into new stuff. So I have this, how can I say, this urge to learn new things, you know? And so... People told me, ah, Uwe, you need to try sailing, you know, like friends told me, hey, Uwe, try sailing, sailing is for you. And, and I was like, I was, I took it on the light shoulder, as we say in Austria. I said, yeah, yeah maybe once or at the time, I don't know. It, it wasn't time, but at a certain um, stage, I, th I thought, okay, let's give it a shot. I want to try it, you know, like how is the waters, how is the yachting, how does this work, you know. How old uh, were you, would you mm, say, when that happened? Uh, you know, like problem is I do so many things that it's tough to say you know <laughs> when exactly I started but I started sailing uh, six six years ago actually okay and so and I got to know somebody on a, on my first sailing trip which was really awesome and she was into sailing much more than you know like I just went on a trip you know like um, we went from Sicily to Dubrovnik Sicily in Italy uh, most southern point more or less to uh, Dubrovnik in Croatia and it was an, it was an amazing trip we had so many things and you know, like it was really really cool you know so it was an adventure and so I got to know this special person which was really awesome and she was uh, big into sailing and and it created the urge in me you know to do more sailing and and go go sailing with her 
And so I started to do a sailing course. Uh, we have like lakes in Switzerland and uh, Lake Constance is close by. Uh, so I thought, you know, I give it a chance, you know, going on a lake. And so I made my first patent on, on for the Lake Constance. And uh, so it opened up a new world for me. And also I had such a good uh, sailing teacher. He was, he was really, how can I say, he was really into sailing. And he was, although he was a bit harsh, you know, like learning from him was sometimes a bit tough, but he taught me very well. And I had the feeling I can sail any yacht, you know. So, so after that, I felt really competent, you know. Mm-hmm. And so when I started to dig in more and more and more, and so I did lots of sailing. So I, actually, on one point, I dedicated even one and a half years of my life only to sailing. So I went from sailing trip to sailing trip to sailing trip, oh, wow. more or less, you know, in, in one go. So I had some some time in between where I needed to take care of my uh, business and, and stuff. But um, I dedicated more or less one and a half years only for sailing and made a lot of sailing certificates. And, and now I'm a skipper myself. So. Wow. Mm. Yeah, that's. I know that you've just started opening uh, up the opportunity to others to take them on sailing retreats, you're calling it. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, you know, sailing is, I would also compare it actually to paragliding. Um, you have these elements like wind, and especially with uh, uh, sailing, you also have the water. And I think it takes you in a completely different environment, like probably like diving or, or, or things like this, you know, like you're completely in a different environment, in a different world. Mm-hmm. And sailing feels like when you are on a boat, the boat is like the nutshell. The boat is like you're like a snail who carries around their, its house, you know. It's like you're in this safe environment in your yacht, you know. And then your normal life on land is is in a far distance because you're out in the waters you know on this on this little island and so it completely takes you out of your normal life and this is something really amazing so you look at your normal life from a distance in a way you know so it is a completely different feeling it is a completely different environment everything is different the smell is different the noises are different it's like you know like the house is moving and rocking you know like it's like it's a very different environment and this is what i like about sailing also sailing is one of the disciplines which contains a lot of disciplines so you need to know how to tie knots you need to know how to read the weather you know like you should know you know what happens next and stuff so you need to navigate you need to navigate in all sorts of conditions and you need to yeah, make your way in, and, and there's so many disciplines. I think sailing is one of the things you can never master, you can only get better on with, you know. Wow, so many life lessons just from all these things that you've like decided to try in your life. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you think your life would have been like if you just decided to stay at home? <laughs> I think <laughs> it would be so boring. I would have, you know, like gave up probably. I don't know, yeah. Uh, I guess you'll never know. You never know. You never know. But I'm very happy that I I took the decision, you know, like maybe in the beginning. And I, for me, I can hardly imagine, you know, like how it is, you know, like sitting at home and and plan your first trip. So I have made so many trips. It's for for me, it's hard to imagine. And I cannot tell you how it was, you know, when I did my first trip. But I know one thing for sure. It was very exciting. And what I have made this 
the conclusions I draw and the experiences I had was so overwhelming and so amazing. I, I couldn't imagine before that, you know, like mm. we always we always say, you know, like whatever you can imagine, you can achieve. But I think imagination, you know, like if you don't go out, if you don't um, get more into you, if you don't get, how do you know? You, you need to expose yourself in order to find out more, you know, and your imagination will grow as well, you know, so... That yeah. is so true. I have found that the same from all the mm -hmm. travels I've done. So I hope that people can take that first step into their own curiosity, really. Even if it starts in their room and then goes to their town and then, you know, finally they try that trip somewhere outside their own country. Absolutely. I think, you know, like it's, it's understandable that especially uh, women, um, they think more about traveling and think more about safety and, and, and security as such. So I think, you know, like um, you don't do stupid things, you know, like plan a little bit in advance and ask people. And nowadays it's so easy. Join Facebook, go to a Facebook group and ask questions or go to a forum or wherever, ask people. It's so easy to connect with people nowadays. And like one of the things is, um, it just crossed my mind. Um, I hope that's okay to... No, go, please. Um, like uh, parents from my friend, a very good school friend, an old school friend, and his parents, they're always like, when they see me, they're always shaking their heads and they're always like, where have you been? What have you done? And they always say, no, Uwe, you can't go there. It's dangerous and people are dangerous and, and, and stuff. And when I tell them my stories, what I have experienced, you know, like, um, is people are amazing. They're not dangerous, but okay, some may be. And there's probably some parts in some cities I wouldn't visit on my own, you know, to be honest. But uh, you can avoid those. It's very easy, you know. And for most of the time, my experience was awesome you know of course you will have this or that other experience where you think okay mm, this yeah maybe shame that it happened but it happened okay um, but the most of the experiences are really amazing people are amazing different cultures can be very overwhelming and and very yeah i think it's worthwhile traveling yeah, I, I found the same. No place has ever been as dangerous as people told me it was going to be. Absolutely. So That's right. Yeah, don't let it stop you. And, mm -hmm. um, and you'll find out by trying that first time. Absolutely. And hopefully mm -hmm. nothing happens. But if it does, like you said, it could happen mm -hmm. in their hometown. So, yeah, absolutely. Anything can happen everywhere. So. And, and there is a lot of English spoken now around the world, too. With mm -hmm. the internet, it's really spread the knowledge that people have in this international lingual currency yes i agree but on the other hand you know like when i first visited um, japan you know like i went into a restaurant and they had no english menu and their only english waiter the only thing he could say was beer in english <laughs> the rest you know was completely like uh, improve you know like i had to improvise somehow in order to get something to eat you know like it was a very awkward situation for me and for the waiter as you can imagine <laughs> yeah. but then you know i downloaded some photos on my phone and uh, i could communicate with photos so you always find a way and it was an amazing experience by the end you know yeah, it's amazing how much your facial expressions will get you, how far it will get you. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so, okay, well, normally I have this question. I like to ask people if they've ever lived in another country, but I'd like you to tell the listeners a little bit about where you're living now and what you're doing. Yeah, um, actually, I run a co-working space together with Matthias and uh, Elena. Mm -hmm. 
So um, I choose to, to live in Bulgaria. But I must say, I, I need to add this, you know, like I travel a lot. So last year I have traveled 25 countries. And uh, so it's like, it's very difficult to say, you know, I live here. I mean, okay. most of the time I am here, mm -hmm. um, but it's probably maximum three months. This a is year. where your business is. So it, it's, you have reasons to be here, but. Absolutely. So the co working space actually draws a lot of people, draws a lot of attention, draws a lot of people in. And therefore, I meet all the travelers here, which is really amazing. That's really cool. So I have the chance to talk to them and, and yeah, and exchange experiences. And also, I like to travel, so from, from that perspective, um, uh, I like to go to new things, but I also like to visit some places I have already been, so this gives me a stability somehow. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so. I have to say, you have done a great job, because we actually are in co-working Bonsko right now, and um, you've brought the world to you. So I know you've traveled far and wide, but this place is a way, even maybe for someone who never traveled, to bring the world to them. And then they get all these groups that just form and you can travel in larger groups now. Absolutely. Well. So the thing I think is like one important thing is I learned a lot from travelers and especially um, I don't know whether your listeners are familiar with nomads or digital nomads, people who travel most of their life or maybe for most of the last maybe one, two or three years. What do you mean by the digital uh, digital nomads are people who earn money usually online with their computer. So they travel with their computer, earn money online, and therefore they can be on the road like, like on the all the time basically. So now you're a digital nomad. I would call myself location independent rather than digital nomad. My business is real estate business in Austria, so that's my main business, which pays the bill. Oh, okay. Bills, and uh, <laughs> so from that point of view, it's less digital. Okay. I, that's right. With my manager, I usually text, you know, online. So <laughs> that's probably the digital part with me. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And then this place is also a physical location. So yeah. Yeah. But you're bringing digital nomads here. Absolutely. Okay. And what I wanted to say is like, um, it's, it's really incredible what you can learn from these people. You know, like what they do, how they do it. And rather than having this, um, the job-centered focus or the job-centered view where you find your lifestyle around your job, you know, like the old industrial kind of view, is like these people, they center their lifestyle in the middle of their lives and they find something to support their lifestyle. And I think this is really worthwhile giving this a thought, you know, like if you can earn your money online or location independent, then you have the possibility to travel more and also I think far safer and far cooler. It is true. Like I, I have now become a digital nomad within the last year, as I explained in the first episode for the listeners. And I think that um, it's been so much easier, as you can imagine, so much easier to travel now because I get to say how long I'm going to be somewhere. Um, and in the, in the U.S., I would get two weeks of vacation a year to start with uh, and two just... weeks is something I cannot imagine how can people survive with two weeks only uh, this is something uh, it's incredible especially because you often want to use that time to visit your family if you're not living where you're from so yeah now having the chance to just really mm -hmm. decide for myself anywhere anytime is mm -hmm. is amazing and I, I really hope more people think about how to do this um, because you learn even more from the travels that you do because you do so many more of them absolutely and i think you know in in also 
this fits very well to this aspect. I think we need to go away from this material, materialistic view, point of view, because people are, um, many people are focused on the materials, material stuff, uh, big cars, big house and, and stuff like this. But um, the more you talk to the traveler or digital nomads, so to say, you find out they travel with only very little and all the possessions they have usually fit in a carry-on luggage, uh, which I think is incredible. This blew my mind when I heard this the very first time, you know. I, I actually came across Digital Nomads um, four, four and a half years ago on a sailing trip. So we sailed a, a boat from, from the Maldives to Phuket. And so this is where I first crossed path with Digital Nomads. And, and it blew my mind, you know, that people actually travel and it was a woman, you know, she told me, you know, like all her possessions fit in this bag and it was a carry-on bag. And I was like, really? I, you know, I couldn't believe and I couldn't even imagine. And, it, and therefore I learned that most of the nomads look rather on, on a great experience rather than owning something like materialistic wise. Mm -hmm. I would say like they're, I don't know, they're graduates of travel or they're in the, they're getting their PhDs in travel by this point because <laughs> that's really what, I mean, I think it's a lot of people's dream. Mm -hmm. I know some people do want to stay home and, and mm -hmm. have a really wonderful home to live in and have all their childhood friends around them. But I think that, yeah, this mm -hmm. is an advanced, this yeah. is something you can reach and you can get to. Or you can start it earlier and, and really ramp up how quickly you're going to learn everything. Um, Absolutely. I mean, traveling becomes more difficult when you have a family and, and, and when more people traveling like like this is something, you know, like I can fully understand if you if you don't want to travel as much like like digital nomads do. And um, it's nice, you know, like when I come home to Austria, I, I think, you know, it's an amazing country and I like it. And also like um, what I also think happens when you travel then you you see the beauty suddenly from your home country because you see it from a distance and you you start uh, developing a different view and this is something very interesting oh i, I agree um it's it's i have the supermarket in my hometown that people from four or five states come to and it's this local guy who started importing all these foods from around the world and a lot of the different aisles are named after countries oh really and so i always love going home i like explore so the cool. world with my shopping cart <laughs> physically nice. when nice. i go home okay yeah. cool. and i recognize more and more things the more i travel in that supermarket absolutely yeah. cool. so mm -hmm. well okay i want to ask you a really fun question mm -hmm. uh, it's it's a hard one i think mm -hmm. okay when you go on these trips and mm -hmm. i know this is going to be hard for you because you take many different trips um, but what are three things that you like kind of specialty items that you always find yourself packing and you can't travel without them? Because maybe this will be a, a nice tip for someone. Absolutely. I mean, maybe let's say 20 years ago, I used to take my Swiss knife. Well, nowadays, this is not possible anymore. <laughs> the security will take it away from you. <laughs> you Card taken from me, which is like the, the Swiss knife in a card form. It was like so sad. I, I see, I see. Yeah. Well, anyways, but I think uh, nowadays for me, I two items I can definitely not travel without is the smartphone and my laptop. Okay. Um, yes. My laptop, I think you know, it's so practically because I can look things up. I I can watch a movie. I can you know like it it offers so many things. Also, if you need to book a flight, it's much easier if you have your laptop with you. And nowadays you have Wi-Fi literally everywhere. 
more or less. Really, really everywhere, listeners. People are like, oh, I went to Myanmar, and, and my friend told me, now be careful, there won't be much inter- uh, Wi-Fi, but mm-hmm. no problem. Yeah, you see? <laughs> no problem. And also my smartphone, I, I, like, I like my smartphone because, you know, like nowadays, you can listen to podcasts, for instance, and you have all this information with you, and, and you can chat to people. So this, these are the two items I could not travel without, I, th- I think. And the third item is like uh, a long sleeve button shirt. As I always travel with a long sleeve button shirt. Why I think when I get in trouble somewhere shirt? and I need to look smart, this is the thing I can um, put on and, and go to talk to somebody. If, okay, so something if I that's get fancy into, looking, a little bit fancy. Exactly. So nice. when I get into okay. troubles, I think, you know, like I have a button shirt and I can appear normally and... Because sometimes you see travelers, you know, like they have this uh, hole in their jeans and stuff. You know, I don't like that so much, you know. So, and I think if you can yeah, stick out in a way, maybe you can leave a better impression, you know. That's true. You never know when you need to go down to the embassy and look a little for instance, fancy for the exactly. Extend the visa. I like this one. I've not heard this before. So, yeah. okay. So should I wear, like, I should, should I have for the girl version? Should I? Oh, I think with women it's completely or? different. I think oh. with women it's completely okay. different. You know, like, um, you can have a, a dress or something, you know, like, which looks like a, it can be even a summer dress or something and it looks good on a woman. Whereas... As a man, it's a bit harder, you know, like you have a t-shirt without a collar or something like this and it looks like not so fancy, you know. But I'd also add, I'd say that I should pack some kind of at least a dress with sleeves because mm-hmm. in a lot of countries that would be absolutely. very offensive. Absolutely, so, absolutely, um, absolutely. Yeah. Especially yeah. when you go, when you want to go to a church. Right. Um, most of the times, you know, like uh, churches are landmarks and therefore worthwhile visiting. So especially for women, wear something long sleeve and cover your uh, shoulders and, and also, yeah. You might also keep you Denise. warm, Uwe, on, those, on the waves. You okay. never know. You never know. Okay. <laughs> well, I think you've already told us um, what you would tell travelers uh, if they were scared or over, feeling overwhelmed. Um, but I would like to ask you, Mr. You said between 60 and 70 countries, mm-hmm. where would you like to travel next? What is still on your bucket list? Well, actually, um, I have a friend. She's in Luxembourg and I've never been to Luxembourg. So I plan to visit her. <laughs> so would you call that your next travel challenge? <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's, uh, it's, it's you know, like Europe, uh, therefore, is uh, very accessible and very easy, I think. Especially when I have a European passport from Austria, it's, it's very easy. Um, but also the next travel is like I travel home on the 7th of August for a week at least. <laughs> would be my second week in Austria this year and um, and so and I like to visit friends and this is one thing which keeps me going it's when you travel and you have the chance to visit friends or or somebody you know you you know like uh, relatives or so this is always worthwhile because then you can look forward to somebody who is local and somebody who has lived in a country for for a longer time already can tell you you know, you have a good connection immediately, usually, and these people can tell you more uh, as you can dig in as, as a tourist normally. And it's always worthwhile visiting people who, who have been there and explored already something. And nowadays, I must say, it's so easy. In Sofia, for instance, in the capital city of Bulgaria, um, they have walking tours. So they offer free walking tours. Um, you can inform yourself online where this walking tour starts, and they will tell you, I mean, I don't know, all the things about Sofia and, and probably Bulgaria. I haven't done it yet, but it's on my list. 
I plan to do it when I go back to Sofia the final day. Very so, cool. Yeah, I'll let you know. I'd love to hear that. Yeah, but no, that's that's it. I think that these free walking tours are now in so many cities. Like, I think so too. If you're interested in like even getting mm. more information about your own city, do you think there is one for your little town? That you uh, probably I should minutes? offer it. Probably I should offer it. That's even better. You brought me to this minutes. very great idea. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> you can end with beer. Sure. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, but it's that's a great place to start. Mm. Hey, if you're living mm -hmm. in some city. See if you've got a free walking tour. First place to feel like you're traveling when you mm. can't. Then, on the other hand, you know, like I just imagine myself being at home, you know, like and haven't traveled that much. In order to get to know travelers, offer a free walking tour. I mean, you know, you could do this easily in a group you know, on Facebook or so. And I think that is really worthwhile because then you get to know other people, and therefore they might invite you over, or maybe they offer you a, a walking tour in their country, which can be something really, yeah. Yeah, I like that. Mm. I should, I should do that for my. I can take people to the supermarket. Absolutely. Go around the world <laughs> in two hours. <laughs> Shop yourself through the world. I like it. I like it. Okay, well. Where can we find you on the internet? Or if we, if people wanted to find out more about what you're doing here at Coworking Bansko or in general? Yeah, of course, on www.coworkingbansko.com. Okay. Uh, this is uh, something you can always find myself or Matthias or Elena and more information about coworking in general. Also on Facebook, I think Facebook is the thing nowadays Many people are using it and it makes things so much easier. So if you look for my name, Uwe Algoer, it's a bit more complicated to pronounce. But I'm sure, um, Becky, you will put the link for me. And, uh, I will. Very good. So all of us can friend you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's been such a pleasure to hear about all of your adventures. And I think you've really taught us a lot about where travel can take you. <laughs> Thank you very much, Becky. It was my absolute pleasure. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Uwe today, listeners. I really liked what he said about travel giving you a chance to look at your life from a distance and also how learning life lessons comes from trying many things. And it's evident that he has learned so much from all the experiences that he has given himself the chance to take. So uh, I hope that he is an inspiration to you. We're going to provide links to his co-working space at Coworking Bonsco and also the sailing trips that he does occasionally. There's a Facebook group. We can uh, give you the link to that. And also I want to leave you with a final travel quote for the day. This is from a great writer, Robert Louis Stevenson, who says, for my part, I travel not to go anywhere, but to go. I travel for travel's sake. The great affair is to move. Have a great week, listeners. Thank you for listening to the School of Travels podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, I'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review on iTunes. Special thanks to The Sam Chase for allowing us to use their song, In a Perfect World. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode, and remember to always let travel be your teacher. If you keep your options open, there are places you will go. They will treat you like the king. And you'd look back and think it's funny How you spent your time and money in this world Living in this world